Morning. Morning. Let's pray together and just invite the Lord to, to be in our midst this morning. Um, Lord, we welcome you. God, as we have again come to this cycle of Advent, we find ourselves in the middle of it celebrating hope and peace and joy and love. Lord, we acknowledge what that scripture says that was just read, that you are the source of all of those. You are the source. And Holy Spirit, we, we ask for you to increase among us today, that you would be with us, that you would guide us, that you would fill us with joy as we share time together. And Lord, even though it's a very different service, Father, it's, it's, it's your will be done. God, that you would come and, and do what you want to do today. Have your way, Lord. We love you, we worship you, and we celebrate the, the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that you've given us and that you've made a part of this community. In Jesus' name, amen. So obviously this is a very different service this morning. This is definitely a Josh-sized podium. <laughs> I feel like I'm, yeah. Normally I guess I have a music stand up here. But obviously this is a very different service this morning because, you know what, you guys, I've got a few minutes. If y'all want to go sit, do y'all want to hang out? Y you want to hang out? Okay, just making sure. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, cool. Got our coffee. All right, just making sure y'all are good. As long as you're going to hang out there for a few minutes. Um, the worship team's up here, but they're not playing yet, right? We're not, we're not starting with that chunk of worship that we normally have. It's a very different thing this morning, and it's totally unlike anything else that we do the rest of the year. Um, because in just a few minutes, like Josh said, we're, we're going to do this little, little bit of a wild, chaotic thing. <laughs> it's scripted but unrehearsed that we call our Everybody Gets to Nativity play. And it's very, it's very different than... You know, our other services throughout the year, it's very different than any other Advent service we do. It's, it's a little bit weird because in Advent, we go almost a little liturgical for a minute, and then we <laughs> step aside, and, and we do this very different thing that we're doing. Um, bon and Emily came up and, and read our scripture for this morning and, and lit our candles, and we're, we're around to three of them now, and we lit the pink candle this morning. Pink is the, the liturgical color for joy. Um, I didn't grow up, you know, in that, that type of a church, so all that was very new to me when we started doing this, and it's pink as far as we know, because it's a happy color, yay, pink, you know, that's, that's great, that's a fun color, right, like we've got purple and something different, pink, um, but the thing that we're celebrating today isn't just a feeling, it isn't just, yay, happy, pink, everything is great, it's more than that, and it's, it's more than just maybe being in a good mood, it goes far beyond that. It's not just having fun and enjoying each other, though it is. It's more than that. Because joy in itself isn't really an emotion. And it isn't dependent upon emotions, our emotions of happiness or anything like that. And it's not even dependent on the absence of struggle or hardship, because joy can, can sustain during those things, maybe when our emotions can't. And it's not really something that's I'm going to make up a new word here, but musterable, you know, that we can muster up and drum up because the source of joy isn't ourselves. It's something else. It's a gift of the Spirit. Re remember our, our little song, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, right? Yeah? Nobody? Okay. Everybody could do that with me if we had to. Yeah? Love. No? No. Love, joy. 
It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit, right? And so for the people of God, joy, more than an emotion, more than a feeling, more than a mood, it's really more of like an attitude, a, a perspective, maybe even almost a worldview that's imputed to the people of God because of the other things that we focus on in Advent. His hope, his peace, his love. And those are the things that give us joy. The promises that he's given us that we know he fulfills because we've seen him be good on his word. 1 Peter 1, 8-9 says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What good news. What a joyous thing to realize and hear. So whereas our happiness, our feelings, our emotions might ebb and flow with the circumstances of our lives, joy is not conditional on those things. The source of our joy is nothing other than the truth that we have been given a place in God's story. And through faith in him, we're receiving all of those things that he's promised us. And this morning we remember this this promise of, of a baby that would come and be our savior. Joy is consummated when we recognize or when we experience the reality that our deepest longings and our greatest needs are actually satisfied in the lordship of Jesus. That brings joy. Joy is not conditional, but it's also not a luxury. You know, like something we kind of add on to the top of everything else. It's actually an essential. It's not a bonus. It's a core thing. It's not a luxury. Um, I was recently introduced to a pastor, writer, not in person, but the works of a, another pastor, writer, blogger, um, who has done a lot of research and teaching and writing about family systems. Fun fact about it, his name is Steve Cuss, and his blog is called Cuss Words. <laughs> Just a little funny bit. I found that amusing. Anyway, but he's, he's obviously he's a, pastor, a pastor. He's a Christian, um, and, and he's done this research on family systems. And one of the things that the research has discovered about family systems, uh, they even, it doesn't even have to be a biological family. It can be a system like a biological family, yes, but a congregation or your team at work or a classroom at school anything like that. But one of the things that research has discovered is that any group that spends a lot of time together and has a lot of influence over each other is that when humor and fun and having times where things are are lighthearted, times where joy is expressed and shared, are absolutely critical to the health of that system. Okay? It's not a luxury. It's not an add-on. It's a core essential thing that is needed in every system. Because when those joyful elements are missing for too long, you know what starts to happen? When you stop having fun together, when you stop laughing together, when it, it, things become all work and no play and just serious all the time, anxiety increases in that system. Tension increases in that system. And what begins to happen is that the health of that entire system and the well-being of every individual that's a part of that system begins to break down and deteriorate. 
So I want to encourage those of you this morning, those of you who are teachers, those of you who are parents, those of you who are bosses at work or team leaders, or anyone who finds yourself in a position of leadership in any way, remember this, that you have the op opportunity to infuse and cultivate joy in the systems that you lead. And it's important right here in this room, too, in this body of believers, that we're not just serious all the time, that we're not just, you know, oh, woe is me, put our sackcloth and ashes on. Like, God is a God of joy. He's given us fun. He's given us humor and laughter and those sorts of things, and that we need to, to embrace them and be blessed by them and use them. And so we have a decision to make in how we respond to this and how we relate to or how we actually receive joy. Because we can either quench these gifts and suppress them and ignore them and put them in a box and be like, I'm too mature for that. <laughs> or we can cultivate them. We can fan these gifts into flame. That's how Paul says it to Timothy. Fan it into flame. We have a response that determines the effect of these things in our lives. When Josh came back from his sabbatical, it's actually been a year ago now. Can you believe that? Wow. That's, that's, yeah, I know, right? A year. Where, where did the year go? <laughs> Not yet. I'm next. Um, so he came back from that a year ago, and one of the main things that the Lord had spoken to him in that time away was the importance of cultivating joy, not just in his own life, but in our family and in this church family as well. It was a very clear message that the Holy Spirit spoke to him in that time away. And so to cultivate joy, we have to be utterly discontent in just getting by emotionally. That has to just be less than what we go for. We have to be unsatisfied with maybe just venting just enough of our frustration, you know, indulging just enough of our anger or disappointment to alleviate just enough tension, to let the pressure off that crock pot just enough that we can get through our next day or our week or whatever without exploding. What a horrible standard. Nobody wants to live that way. So we have to be discontent with that being our goal, is just to make it emotionally and not fall apart. God has so much more for us than that. We have to actually do the work, though, of investing in cultivating genuine joy. John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We have it, but we need it in full. And we need to participate in that process to cultivate this. And that's how we cultivate joy. We remain in his love. We keep his commands. We keep his word. And we enjoy all these blessings that he's given us. Because when our joy is genuine, it will actually produce emotions of happiness and gladness and thankfulness. That is a natural good byproduct. But those aren't the source. Those are the effect of cultivating this joy. Why? Why will it be contagious? Because we'll begin to tell the story of the gospel with our very lives. 
with the way that we live. The story of how the arrival of Jesus, how his presence in our midst ushers in a tidal wave of joy because our Savior has come. Isn't that what we're celebrating this season? Isn't that a joyful thing to think on? Our Savior has come. What can give us more joy than that? As we're going to be reminded here in a few moments when we start our play, you know, when, when we get those herald angels that come down and read their part, you know, Emmanuel, God with us, God actually with us and in us, choosing to dwell in us and among us is the good news that brings joy, and it's for everyone. No one's excluded from this good news. And it's such good news, even in the face of suffering, even in the absence of comfort, even in the midst of sorrow, we have the good news of joy that is for everyone. So we are about to be very intentional together with cultivating some joy. This unrehearsed play that we're about to do that all of you might be getting a little anxious about (laughs) It's really become a tradition in our church. And as I briefly mentioned last week when Luke was doing the announcements, you know, I genuinely do believe, much to my surprise and probably a bit of my own dismay, that the Holy Spirit really did nudge us to do this. I believe that. (laughs) She wants credit. I'm not giving it to her. The voice of the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like Jessica. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yes, but, but, <laughs> but I, I genuinely do, guys. I genuinely do believe the Holy Spirit prompted us to do this because um, we hadn't planned on it. It wasn't part of the, the cycle. But because we are a family system, just like the systems I mentioned. And families share traditions. Families share these things together. Families welcome new members by including them in these things. Just a quick story that I thought was hilarious. So Adrian's daughter, Monica, and our daughter, Ava, like to spend a lot of time together. And they're so sweet together. And a couple weeks ago, um, Ava was spending some time with their family. And we have this really stupid thing that we do in our family at Christmas time, where when Christmas hits, I know, I'm sorry, Adrian. When Christmas hits, you know the little cars that put the red Rudolph nose on the front and the reindeer ear, the reindeer antlers out the thing, or like you'll have an elf one or you'll have a car with lights or like a wreath on the front. So our family has this little game that we came up with that we play, okay? So whenever we're driving around somewhere and we're in the car together and we see one of those things, the first person to see it and shout, reindeer car, and smack the roof of the car gets a point, okay? If you smack it and it's not a reindeer car, you lose a point. And we get, like, really stupidly competitive about this in our family. It's a little embarrassing. But we'll literally, like, I have been, I've nearly run off the road from someone smacking the roof of the car after a long period of silence. I go, read your car! And smacking the roof. But this is a fun thing we do in our family. And it has become an actual Christmas tradition for us. Well, Ava, spending time with Adrian and her family, introduce them to our little reindeer (laughs) car game okay and so I'm sure Adrian was driving down the road and Ava smacks the roof of the car and Adrian's like what is wrong with you child but I get this text this is the best part I get this text the next morning from Adrian that says me on my way to work this morning reindeer car smacks the roof of the car I love that everybody want to play reindeer car with us like as you're driving down the road you'll think of us but we share these things because they cultivate joy and they bring fun, and they include us, and they bring us in as a family. And they, they give us things to celebrate and to share together, and to not take ourselves too seriously. 
right? We gotta have fun. We gotta have some joy. Now, there might be a little bit of apprehension for some of you. A lot of you are new. We didn't do this last year. COVID, you know, kind of broke things. A lot of you are new and you've never seen this done and you're not really sure what's about to happen. We're gonna move the candles so no, no shepherds get caught on fire, okay? Yeah, we gotta do that. Um, but some of you might be having some apprehension and that's okay. That's with good reason. Pam, yeah, Pam, <laughs> those of us who have seen it are probably way more nervous than those of you who haven't because we know how weird things can get, okay? Maybe you've had a rough morning. Maybe Christmas is hard for you for one reason or another. Maybe you have a hurt associated with it. Maybe you're just too darn dignified for this kind of nonsense. I get that. But watch the kids. Watch our kids. Watch the ones especially that have done it before. They usually go headfirst into this with no self-consciousness, no reservation, and their joy becomes contagious because they're not worried about anything but just enjoying this moment. They want to be part of retelling the greatest story ever told. Yeah? And so I invite all of you to get a head start on this to go ahead and just mentally prepare yourself and say, <laughs> I'm gonna have fun this morning. I'm gonna participate. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and be self-conscious because we're gonna have a good time together, all right? Jump in and share the enthusiasm that you're gonna see from these kids.